My name is Jess Clayman and I'm here with Professor Danielle Luge and Professor Kirithika Rantawa to chat about innovation policy in the 2018 federal budget. How effective was the budget in boosting innovation? I think overall this is an ideas bust for innovation policy. When you look at the headline figures of a $2.4 billion spend for research, science and technology, when you actually unpack that, what you find is a divestment via the R&D tax incentive of $2 billion. And when you couple that with a possible reduction in research funding for the university sector and research sector of $2 billion, it's overall a $4 billion hole in the innovation system for Australia. See, because the way that this was packaged was an incentive for companies to invest in R&D. Is this just not the case or is it being kind of hidden or used as a cloak to hide other things? So one of the main features in the budget relating to innovation was this research and development tax incentive. Mm. And this has been a really long-standing program and mechanism uh, for decades now. And this was actually one of my first jobs coming out of university, visiting companies and checking that they were doing R&D according to the government's definition. So the government is concerned here that people are pushing the boundaries around this definition. Maybe what they're doing isn't radical innovation and that's what they want. So they've changed the requirements there and what you can claim. So if you're a small business with under a turnover of under $20 million, they're capping the cash rebate that you can get to $4 million. Now that might seem, well, $4 million, that's pretty generous already. But when you're a small company, doing R&D is really expensive and you burn through your cash. So this could be quite detrimental. And on the other end of the scale is a, a change in the, the mechanism for large companies. If you have turnovers of over $20 million, the government now wants you to be doing uh, intensive R&D. So you can't just claim for your, your daily research and development that you might be doing, but you have to prove that this is above and beyond your daily practice. So how did this work? We have a lot of tech firms, right? big tech firms that we need in our innovation system, who end up paying zero tax Uh, because they can change uh, what they're doing and count all of their daily activities as R&D. So we'll yet to see how this plays out in reaction from different types of R&D intensive firms in the tech sector. Would this lead to them relocating R&D activities? I'm not sure. But these are substantial changes which actually add up to a $2 billion reduction in R&D incentives for the business sector. It's a huge amount of money, an enormous amount of money. It's obviously quite a a big measure. Ideally, what would you have liked to have seen in the budget last night? What would you have liked to have seen moving forward? Well, actually, I don't think yesterday's budget was was that of any surprises. I think a lot of the announcements that uh, came last night were previously foreshadowed uh, in the press. And but it's also interesting that it really wasn't a budget that promoted any dramatic change in the innovation agenda. Uh, there was a lot of talk on this going into the budget and the lead up into the budget uh, through the Australia technology and science uh, Mm. growth plan. Uh, The government has certainly, there's no doubt they've made a lot of effort to project their commitment into the innovation space. But yet um, the funding in this year's budget is rather modest and, um, uh, in my opinion, has really fallen short, and particularly in light of the choice to uh, actually cut back on the R&B tax incentives, which actually was the single big 
biggest incentive uh, to invest in in this space. But in saying that, as part of the government's um, Australian Technology and Science Growth Plan, the budget has earmarked the that two point four billion dollars. Uh, a lot of that going towards public technology infrastructure, and there's also been about one point two billion dollars that's um, um, that's gone into as part of the medical industry growth plan to sort of promote Australia's medical technology, biotechnology, pharmaceutical like sector. Yeah. So that's really something um, that is very welcome. Um, and uh, but, however, this investment of uh, two point four billion that's gone into the public technology infrastructure uh, is actually scattered over a number of areas and it ranges from artificial intelligence um, uh, and machine learning, uh, supercomputers, GPS, and also a national space agency, uh, all the way to pushing women into uh, STEM um, and an Asian innovation strategy. Uh, So what we see is that there seems to be a lack of focus and Mm. lack of deep and dedicated deep science technology style research projects, which I think is very important to promote long-term innovation mm. uh, for, the, for, for the country. But yeah, I, I, I think there's also been various token investments in a certain sense. So, um, the, for example, the question of better measures and new metrics to measure innovation is a very important one. But there's been a measly one million that's been put into supporting this, which can sort of merely support um, or sort of an audit of existing innovation measures and can't really uh, go very far. Mm. And even one of the main projects uh, or in investments that's gone into artificial AI and machine learning, uh, a good almost $30 million that's gone into this uh, wow. over the next four years is basically what we find is that a majority of this funding is uh, sort of um, towards supporting the business innovation in sectors such as health and agriculture, energy and mining, but far less funding has gone into CSIRO uh, to fund those deep science and deep technology style research projects. Um, so there seems to be lack of sufficient investment mm. uh, to actually result in any sort of game changer. Mm, okay, so it's all very nice on the surface. Yay, we're getting a space agency. Yay, there's a few bits and pieces floating around. But I think you hit the nail on the head there. That it really lacks focus when mm. you look at it holistically and you look at the package that's been delivered. Uh, One thing that I wanted to touch on was the entrepreneurship uh, facilitators program in driving innovation. Do we think that this is an effective method for driving innovation? Do we think that this is going to uh, really make a difference? We've had a range of support programs for entrepreneurship, uh, export support for small and medium enterprises. So it's good to see those things still being backed because I think the the measures that those types of programs are particularly effective. I mean, the government's had some traction with previous programs such as launch pads, which are giving Australian entrepreneurs an opportunity to access foreign markets by having setups in San Francisco, uh, in Shanghai, in Berlin as well. So it's always encouraging to see, I guess, that level of support for startups, but where are the alternative industries going to come from, the alternative ideas? So the concern with looking at this budget is that we're missing this investment in deep science, deep tech, deep research, that often business doesn't go near because it is too risky and too uncertain. So someone has to back that. Otherwise, we've got a bit of a disconnect in the innovation pipeline uh, overall and stuff for business to then and entrepreneurs to go on and commercialise and grow businesses from that. Mm, And Australia, I think, as a country, will get left behind too on the innovation front if we don't 
invest if we don't keep up. You know, we've got to be a driving force, not one that gets pulled along reluctantly. And it was great to see that move, that investment in uh, setting up a space industry and investing in the space projects. It's only $40 million, but it's important that we are part of this international scientific frontier. And we know from previous uh, mission-oriented investment strategies, like when we had a mission of putting a man on the moon, that there's lots of spillover benefits from having those types of missions. So when you're focused on that type of activity, there's spillovers in terms of generating new ideas and innovations around materials and fabrics that you need to do that. So spillover effects in terms of uh, manufacturing and preserving food as well. So that's, I think, an important investment and a necessary investment there. 